the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Ferentz is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Ferentz cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferentz Toth. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. If you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you know I discuss a lot of the economic indicators to make a Help make better decisions and current events, anything that affects our money. And, folks, I have a lot to discuss today, so let's just jump right into it. First of all, I've got an article here discussing, is the U.S. headed into a recession? That's probably the number one question, or at least financial question, that I've been receiving for folks for a while. More and more economists, experts are predicting that we, we are or headed into a recession. I did a show in May 23rd of this year uh, that discussed a number of the leading economic indicators, and many of them have never been wrong, or maybe once in out of the last 30 times. The inverted yield curve is probably one of the most famous ones. That's where the long-term bond rates are lower than the short-term. Typically, you get paid more for investing your money for a longer period of time but when the bond the yield ver- curve inverts, it's the opposite. In other words, if you buy a, most people understand if you buy a long-term CD, for example, you usually get a higher interest rate than on a shorter-term CD. And in the bond market, it works the same way most of the time. When those reverse, where you get paid more on the shorter term, that means that's a very very strong indicate indication that we're headed for recession. That indicator has been right something like. You know, it's been wrong, I believe, once out of the last 30 times or so. It's been uh, it's inverted. And by the way, this most recent time it's it's been inverted was one of the strongest indications, inversions we've seen ever. So not only are many of these uh, leading economic indicators flashing red lights that inflation is coming, but many of them are flashing these lights even stronger at any point they ever have or almost as strong as any point they ever have. Like I said, if you want to learn more about this and go into a more depth, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can click on the listen to previously recorded shows. And if you scroll down to the show that I uh, recorded on 523, May 23rd of 2023, I discussed five or six of the leading economic indicators showing that we are headed into recession Again, some of them have never been wrong. Well, this article is discussing another one of those, and it's ta- discussing a nearly flawed, flawless predictor or predictive indicators in states, and that happens to be one that deals with unemployment. When the employment rate increases by 0.4%, a 40 basis point increase in a month's period of time, that is almost, like this article discusses, almost a flawless indicator that we are headed towards recession. Of course, this past month, this this did happen. Also, very recently, we got the newest numbers for September, inflation numbers, and of course, they've ticked up to 3.7%, not including food and fuel, which of course have been some of the highest, some of the highest inflation areas that we have seen. So the fact is, inflation is not over. Yes, it was, I've discussed this many times, it was on its way down in terms of rate of increase, but overall inflation is still about double, according to the official numbers that the government puts out, to what the target rate is for the uh, Federal Reserve. They state they want a two, 2% inflation rate. Frankly, I have an issue with that. I don't know where people got the idea that a 2% inflation rate is good for the American public. It is not. It's not good for the average person, although most people believe that because we hear it parroted so many times by the Federal Reserve, politicians, etc. 
a 2% inflation rate even, what that means is the cost of goods and services double in about 20 years. Retirees understand this because if you retire on a certain income, for example, a certain amount of income, 20 years later, your buying power is cut in half. That's why it's so difficult to retire. What a higher inflation rate is good for, by the way, it's good for politicians because they can spend more money, inflation-adjusted dollars, and it's good, it's good for anyone who has a lot of debt, the U.S. government, because they can borrow money at, uh, with dollars that are more valuable and then pay them back later for dollars that are less valuable. And it's good for some big business, uh, things like that. But again, for the most part, not good. And I repeat, not good for the typical American. Look, if we got back down to 2% inflation, I'd be certainly happier with that. But the lower inflation is, the better it is for more people. So anyway, we're, these are things that need to be aware of. Proceed with caution. The likelihood of recession ahead increasingly increases. The indicators continue to point to that, the leading economic indicators, that is. So just, of course, keep that in mind. And let me give you one more that I've been sharing with a lot of folks that most people are not aware of. In fact, I was discussing this with a uh, client or, or potential client, whatever, today, and he's, we've been discussing this for a while, and as a, he's really been struggling, and a lot of people have, to understand why the stock market hasn't really gone down, even though interest rates have, of course, been aggressively increased. Again, the Federal Reserve is playing a game two sides of the table. On one hand, they're increasing interest rates to slow down the economy, to slow down inflation. On the other side of the coin, they're purchasing assets or have been purchasing assets for the last number of years uh, at record rates. And the balance sheet, uh, the Fed balance sheet got up to nearly $9 trillion up to about a year or so ago. They've been slowly, gradually selling those assets for the past oh, year, year or so. And the bottom line is this is the key thing to understand. They're the 800-pound gorilla in the room. When they say they're buying assets or selling assets, they're buying stocks and bonds and mortgage-backed securities, which, of course, you know, directly affects the stock market, right? In general, if you look at the track record, and it's public record, you can look it up on the Federal Reserve website, fred.com. You can see when the Fed is buying or selling assets. They, they post that each week on what they've done for the previous week. And in general, you can't follow this week to week, but in general, when the Fed is buying, you see the markets go up in general. And when the Fed is selling, you see the markets go down in general. I've been sharing this quite a bit with folks just to help them understand the general macro trends. The Federal Reserve has been selling assets since about March of 2023 at about $80 billion dollars per month rate. They were selling them for about a year prior to that until the bank scares happened. You know, Silicon Valley Bank and others started to fail. They went back and bought really quickly, like in two weeks, $500 billion dollars of assets, stocks, bonds, mortgage-backed securities, again, a half a trillion dollars. That's a massive number, folks, a massive number in like a two-week period to inject liquidity into the system as they put it, or to calm people's fear, calm people down. And it apparently worked. Then they started selling those assets again. My point is simple. When the Fed, one of the biggest buyers out there in the markets, is buying, you probably want to follow. You don't want to fight the Fed. You want to follow along. When the sell, when the uh, Federal Reserve is selling, one of the biggest sellers out there in the markets, in general, you don't want to fight the Fed. You probably don't want to be buying. You probably don't. You probably want to go going along with them or protecting yourself, if you know what I'm saying. Obviously, diversification comes into play here. You want to diversify into non-correlated assets, something that has nothing to do with the stock market. And your personal bank happens to fit that bill very, very well. Uh, it happens to also be not only guaranteed, but it's tax-free, too, and highly liquid. So you can keep your money moving and get back in when the opportunity presents itself. If you want more information, by all means, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. Again, that's yourpersonalbank.com, 866-268-4422. Now, I need to get to some other uh, information that's economically related and, you know, just it's important to understand. Portland recently, for the last several years, 
no secret, has been having a real crime problem. Well, in fact, the Nike store, the original Nike store apparently in Portland, has now permanently closed due to theft and safety issues. In fact, Nike, who has worked with many of the Portland authorities and such, had even asked for some additional security help with the local police department, and the, they basically said no. So Portland said, okay, we're out of here. Now, that's kind of a blow to Portland because they were one of the, one, they were the original large business that really went into Portland, paved the way, so to speak, and showed that Portland was a place that could be a good economic driver, could be a good place to do business. So they were the, the flagship, if you will, business for Portland. Well, guess what? They're now gone. The original store apparently is now gone. That is some of the consequences, obvious to most people, of allowing crime to run rampant. It's that simple. Well, we got some other, other things uh, that are going on, for example, that affect that in New York City. So New York City is also fighting a lot of problems in terms of crime, being a sanctuary city, a lot of migrants going into that. And by the way, before illegal migrants, by the way, illegal, Ill, Ill, illegal aliens, they're illegals, they're not, they're not migrants, they're illegal migrants, if you're going to put it that way. The bottom line is they're complaining because they've gotten them like 110,000 uh, uh, people illegally have arrived into New York City since last year, and they're complaining and blaming it on Texas because Texas has been busing many of these illegal illegals to New York City. Now, the thing is, apparently, according even to New York, they're complaining that they've received 110,000 in the last year. Texas apparently has sent about 35,000 of those, but they're blaming the problem on Texas. Well, think about that a minute. Where the rest of them come from? Who sent those? Obviously, the federal government, the Biden administration, but they won't dare mention that or blame them because he happens to be a Democratic mayor of, of New York City. But here's the fallout of it, of all this, if you will. All city agencies will now be forced to cut spending by 5%, including the police. And by next spring, 15%. Services that were in place for citizens are going to be reduced by apparently 20% by next spring in New York City to handle paying for all these illegal aliens. Now, is New York City government looking out for their citizens, which is the job of government, or are they taking care of illegals? The real solution is close the border and send them back. But, but you know, they can't seem to go that far. But that's a real consequence of these policies of allowing these illegals in like this and a real financial impact that's going to affect people who live in that city or lack of reduction of services. Stay tuned in the next segment. I've got a whole lot more to share today, so you're definitely not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. We're discussing a lot of things today, so I'm going to encourage you to stay with me because I'm going to cover a lot of ground. One of the things that I've really come to the conclusion of recently is the perception that we, the average American, typical person who, who still likes this country, still believes it, wants the society to be the way it was, the way we remember it being growing up. We want that opportunity not only for ourselves but our families, loved ones, whatever, our kids to continue. We don't want the good stuff to be wiped out. We're not perfect as a country. We understand that. But it's the best thing that, that's going and has been going for the last couple hundred years. In, this, in the world. I mean, that's why it's real simple. Why do so many people want to come here? That's obvious. They want a better life. That's what my dad wanted when he escaped Hungary from the communists and came to the United States 
as a political refugee, did it the right way and did it legally. And I became, you know, he wanted a better life for himself and his legacy. And I'm that legacy. The folks that are coming both legally and illegally want the same thing. Okay. I don't like while the illegals are doing it. They're not going about it the right way, but they do want the same thing. I understand it. The thing is people who still love this country still, and it's, it's, I'm not ashamed to say I do. I love the the country that I served in the military partially for that. I appreciate the freedoms that this country offers. I love the opportunities that this country provides still. I would say it's rapidly disintegrating, but it's not over yet. And we can still save this because where else are you going to go, right? Where else are you going to have freedoms like this? The thing is what I've come to realize when for COVID, and that's what kind of woke me up, the COVID shutdowns, when the, co- when the government started shutting down, small businesses. I've said this many times. That just woke that was my that was my straw that broke the camel back. That's the thing that woke me up politically to realize, hey, wait a minute. I have to wake up and fight for our freedom or we're not going to or we're going to lose them. And gradually more and more people are coming to that same conclusion for different reasons. In the beginning, I just found it hard to believe that our government, our country would actually do things like that, like shut down small businesses unconstitutionally, in my opinion. And I would say things to my wife, like she would ask me questions and say, you know, what do you think about this? And I'd, I would say, oh, that'll never happen or this will never happen. And then amazingly, shortly thereafter, that very thing would end up happening. So after a little while, I eventually stopped saying that. In fact, I started saying, you know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. Well, then it got to where I started realizing that my worst suspicions were often coming true later. You know, new information would come out, and it was like what my worst-case scenario I would find out later was actually true. Well, what I've come to the conclusion recently, and I'm going to share some information on this, is that not only do my worst suspicions often now come true, but, in fact, it's worse than that. What we, as normal, average, everyday Americans who still want this country, want to, this country to be all it can be the oppor- with the opportunities and freedoms, we have to realize what we're, we're up against. When you're facing an enemy, you need to understand what you're dealing with. And what we're realizing is our government, the administration, the bureaucracy, all those things that are going on, whatever you suspect that's probably the worst-case scenario whenever you see something, you need to realize, you need to come to the realization that it's probably worse than you can imagine. In other words, you're probably then getting close to the truth. That's the level of corruption and, dare I say, evil that we're dealing with. Now, instead of being discouraging, when I say that to people, there's little disagreement. Many folks are coming to that same conclusion. Often I'll hear disillusionment saying, well, what can we do? How do we fight against that? Well, I don't have all the answers on how to fight back, but the reality is we need to. And the only way, uh, The Art of War was a great book that was written in the 600s by a Chinese general, Sun Young, I believe, something like that, discussed often how the only way to win a war was you needed to understand your enemy. First, you've got to understand what they're doing, their motives, what, they're, what you expect them to do, what's their next step, all those kinds of things before then you can counteract and start to win. These people that are trying to fundamentally change our country and destroy our country and way of life and our society are not supermen and war women. They're not, they're not supernatural. They're, they're human beings like the rest of us, and they're fallible like the rest of us, and they make mistakes too. They can be beat, but we do have to realize what we're up against to be strategic to then be able to beat them. And let me give you a exa- couple of examples of what I say it's, Things as bad as you think they could be, they're actually worse. So one of them is there was this big bill not too long ago that got bipartisan support. And it was this infrastructure bill dealing with the chip, the Chips Act. In other words, you know, 90, 95 percent of the high-end computer chips are actually built in Taiwan that you know run our military, run our like our, our many of our companies, and it really our our society. A lot of our society depends on high, a lot of these high-end microchips. And again, the vast majority of them are made in Taiwan. So this bill was to pay companies, encourage companies to start building these chips 
in the United States so we wouldn't be dependent upon that. And many people supported that, bipartisan. I had some level of support to it, but yet I was suspicious. I even said that then because I just don't trust this current incarnation of the government with that we have. I do not trust most of the representatives. That includes both parties and certainly the administration that we have in charge right now. Well, let me give you a perfect example. In Arizona, not far from where I live, there's a huge factory that's being built by Taiwan Semiconductor. Now, that is the company that builds like 95% of these high-end chips in the world. Now, the, what we were told, something like $40 billion being invested, I can tell you I've driven by it a number of times. There, it's massive. There's this massive complex going up. And that what we were told is that this was going to be built so that we could start building these chips at home. Therefore, we would not be reliant on having to get them from Taiwan because, obviously, it's next door to China. And if China took over Taiwan, we would be, our economy would be a mess, okay? Bottom line, our, our society we would mess in, in, in no time. Well, it turns out Apple engineers and such are now saying, and Taiwan Semiconductor engineers have been told there is, when it completes, when it's completed, when this, this manufacturing, it's effectively just a paperweight because they're still going to have to ship the chips to Taiwan to put them together. So it's going to build, I guess, the parts. I don't know all the details, but they'll still require assembly in Taiwan, which, of course, of course totally defeats the purpose of this manufacturing plant. So we've spent 20, I'm sorry, $40 billion of our money, taxpayer dollars. We all contribute to it. And if you don't contribute, you're still contributing because... Guess what? The government didn't have the $40 billion to pay to build this thing, to give this Taiwan Semiconductor. They actually printed it, borrowed it, and gave it to them, which means we all have more inflation, as we are seeing now. You can't have high government spending and not have inflation. It, the two don't go together. All right? So the bottom line is all of us are paying for this, and the reality is it doesn't do what they said it was going to do. They tell us, and what they actually do often are two different things. Let me give you another one. It turns out, according to a whistleblower, a high, very high-level whistleblower, apparently, the CIA tried to pay off analysts to bury findings that COVID lab leak was likely. The CIA is an intelligence organization. Their job is to gather intelligence around the world. And apparently, they put together a, a group, a select subcommittee, uh, called the coronavirus pan pandemic, and they had put seven people on this, and they were to, to determine where the cause, the CIA was going to determine what the cause of the um, cause of the pandemic, cause of the coronavirus. Apparently, they contend that because these the six of the seven didn't agree with the, the company line, the agenda that was it you know didn't come from a lab in Wuhan. Uh, they offered to pay them uh, apparently a substantial amount of money to say otherwise. Now, this is just plain old fraud. This is the government lying. And I've heard some things that about this that make, make sense that the CIA was attempting to spy on China, which would be in their realm of what they do, so it's reasonable. And part of what they were doing was were paying for gain-of-function research in China to spy on them to see what they were actually doing. that All that stuff kind of rings true. I have no way of proving it one way or the other, but it rings true. And so they, it was consistent with what they do and their mission. And when it came out, when COVID came out, they didn't want it coming out that, well, essentially the U.S. government was funding this lab that created the COVID virus that killed millions of people around the world. That's bad PR. That I believe. Now, here's the reality is, I think the, this is going to probably blow up in their face, and the truth will, you know, the truth does eventually come out, typically, and it's going to be even worse PR. It's going to be horrible for them. Uh, another reason why the CIA needs to be reined in, along with the FBI, the Justice Department, and just about Education Department, and just about every other federal department, because they're just out of, freaking out of control, Okay. Uh, we're wasting our money on a lot of things that are unnecessary, ridiculous, or even subversive.
to our way of life, been no repercussions there need to be. Anyone we pr uh, support as a candidate going forward in the next election needs to be willing to reduce the government bureaucracy. There's three branches of government, not four. Right now we have four. That's a big reason why we don't have the freedoms we should have and why we live in an oligarchy. The, the government bureaucracy is a big part of that. And why most people believe, many do, that, you know, the current president and some of the previous ones weren't really running the country as a bureaucracy. I'm going to really encourage you to stay tuned in the next segment because I've got some other stuff you're going to want to hear. You don't want to miss it. Uh, so just stay tuned. I'm going to really encourage you to do so because it's some good stuff. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz, and I'm just going through a lot of things today, but I think you're going to find very interesting and just help you understand better why some of the things are the way they are. And again, if you understand what's going on with current events, with the economy, with where we're at, what's going on and why, it'll help you make better decisions for your life, financially, career-wise, whatever it may be. It just help you. If you're more informed, it's going to help you make better decisions and Many of our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson was famous for, the only way to, to maintain a democracy is to have an educated electorate. In other words, I was discussing this with a person today, in fact, where they said, you know, it's divisive. I don't really want to talk to people that much because it just ca causes problems, so I just don't pay attention anymore. And my response was quite simple. I said, you know, the problem with that is, is if you bury your head in the sand, you're basically, you're just going to, that's going to contribute to losing the freedoms that you enjoy for both you and your, and the next generations. You have to be educated. Look, I don't care how you vote, but what I do care about is get educated, get the facts, get the information, not just from one source, multiple sources, and start learning, realizing what's going on. Get yourself educated. Start thinking. Actually think a little bit. That's the thing I try to help people do probably more than anything else and and by the way it doesn't affect it's not just politics or current events it's also true for your 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 money your finances your goals your plans what do you they many times i've seen this so many people spend more time planning their vacation than they do their retirement and that's just really really sad if you have a weakness in that area or you struggle with that you need to get work with somebody who can help you through it and guide you through it somebody who will actually really listen not just dictate to you what they think you should do. Then you, you need somebody who's going to really listen to your goals, to your, 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 your dreams, hopes, and goals, and what you want to try to accomplish. Because just like a diet, learning how to live with financial literacy and discipline and all those kinds of things, you're never going to see, succeed long-term if it's not if it's not a lifestyle change that you can buy into and if somebody's telling you you know to stop eating meat or stop doing this on a diet for example and it's too dramatic of a change your likelihood of failure is very high same thing with a financial plan if you're budgeting and you try to make changes too quickly too strongly most likely you're going to fail but if it's the changes can be made minimally over a period of time Make it simple, and it, and it fits your goals, what you want to accomplish. And everyone's different. We all, want to we all want different things in this life, right? To be happy, successful, prosperous, all those things, which is, by the way, in our Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You need somebody to listen to help you. If, if you struggle with this, you need somebody to listen to help you guide through this. If I'm a person that interests you, you can contact me. Yes, you'll get to talk to me. You know, reach out to me at yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. Again, yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. 
I need to share something very sad. And this is very sad to me personally because I did serve in the military. This article says a Harvard professor now says military members keep service quiet to avoid backlash from classmates. You know, that's sad. The fact that these classmates, in most cases, even have the opportunity to attend college or go to a place like Harvard is because people like the military members fought, some died, for those freedoms. Look, freedom is not free. And the fact that they look down upon them, that these service members in Harvard feel like they have to be quiet about their service so they can avoid backlash, I'm sorry. What kind of country do we live in? Society needs to change. I'm sorry. That's just flat-out wrong. I mean, even today, most of the time when someone finds out that I did serve in the Army, most of the time the response is, thank you for your service, from all walks of life, all types of people. That's where the majority of people are still at by far. Obviously, these Harvard College students are not. I would find it interesting. It's too bad I'm uh, <laughs> not in uh, college age or, or intent. Well, I'd love, you know, I'd like, I'm proud of what I did, and I'm unabashedly proud of it, and these service members should be too. I'd love for someone to go in there and be honest and be proud of the fact they service and served in the military and see how these people react. For one, they probably have a great lawsuit on their hands. You know what I mean, saying? But I wouldn't do it for that reason. But somebody needs to stand up and speak out and be, and, and be strong. When freedom is under attack, we need strong men and women. We need patriots. We don't need cowards, okay? That's what's going to protect our freedoms. Here's some other good news, though. So if you, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you've heard that about the New Mexico governor. <laughs> she actually suspended constitutional right to carry in New Mexico for 30 days, and she called it under, under an emergency order, an executive order. The blowback to this order has been, been fierce, and deservedly so, and I'm glad to see that. And that's where some of the positive I see coming from this, because the blowback is not only just conservatives and Republicans and such, but it's coming from the Democrat side and all that, too. Unfortunately, and some from some of the people even who are big gun rights, uh, they're against guns, are even going, you know, going back against her. Now, I, unfortunately, I don't think they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. I think they're doing it because her order to suspend constitutional rights is so over the top, so ridiculous, that they just realize this is the wrong way to go about it, and it's just going to embolden the Second Amendment crowd even further. They're embarrassed by this because she's just, this is not the way to go about it if you are against the Second Amendment. But the reality is simple. The Constitution has no provision for emergency orders. Uh, your rights cannot be suspended due to an emergency, okay? It's not in there. Just that simple. And the governor of the New Mexico has, does not have the right to do that. So gu- gun owners in New Mexico openly carry firearms in defiance of the, of the order. And to add insult to injury for the governor, the New Mexico sheriff of that county, of Albuquerque, I guess, says he won't enforce the unconstitutional gun ban. He happens to be a Democrat himself. And now the uh, attorney general, the Democrat attorney general of New Mexico, has come out and said the same thing. He's not going to prosecute uh, anyone who defies this order. That's encouraging. That's good news when you see this lady who apparently happens to be an attorney, but she is obviously way off the deep end in terms of her beliefs about the Second Amendment and constitutional rights, she needs, to be, she needs to be gotten rid of. Uh, there's some discussion of impeachment. She did take an oath to support and defend the Constitution. She's going against it directly. So she's not supporting her oath. There's valid reason for her to get rid of her. Um, hopefully this will bite her in terms of the next election, and they just get rid of her. And lastly, hopefully... It will open the eyes of some people in New Mexico, at least in particular, who maybe is, are sort of in the middle, independents, whatever, or more, more of the uh, conservative Democrats even, that are going to say enough of this noise and vote differently. Hopefully, they'll wake up. This is just another wake-up call. And so it's encouraging to s- see people step up and fight back. Here's another one. Joe Rogan 
I love this. He says, give the people their, I won't quote exactly what he said, but he says, give people their homes back. Talking about the Hawaii governor on plans for Lahaina. Apparently, the governor has made comments about future plans for the land being dis- that, that was destroyed in Maui, talking about uh, creating a memorial and all this. And Joe Rogan says, just give people their effing homes back, right? He's right. You know, Joe Rogan is not exactly a conservative paragon of virtue. Um, he leans probably, you know, himself, he says, kind of the center, center left, if you will. But again, it's seeing that some of these things are so ridiculous that they've gone off the deep end. Again, they've gone too far. But people are waking up, fighting back, and that kind of stuff is, is encouraging. It's absolutely encouraging when you see that. I need to discuss another topic, but I need a little bit more time on this, and this has to do with energy. We've, we've discussed energy and energy prices and things like that a lot on this show because they do affect, they are such a direct effect on things like the economy and infl- inflation. And I even had a person ask me today, why are, why are gas prices, uh, have they gone up? I mean, again, this is a person that's not been paying much attention, but people are starting to recognize and pay attention. And that, again, that part is encouraging. But the point I'm trying to make to help them understand is staying silent, putting your head in the sand, not paying attention is not an option. I mean, this, these decisions, these actions, these agendas that they are taking are affecting us directly. And I have a prediction with inflation next month. Of course, it ticked up in September. And it ticked up because mostly because of, of, of various things. But energy actually was not one of the reasons why it ticked up. But I predict in October it will pick uh tick up because of, inf- of, of fuel prices, because of some of the actions that the Biden administration has done recently that are, again, restricting supply even further. So we're going to see higher fuel prices in the future, and in the near future, that is. Obama's right when he said, who you vote for, it makes a difference. And they're right. These, these actions, these agendas that these people are taking are affecting us directly in our pocketbook. Never forget that. Before we go into the next segment, I'm just going to say, if you want to learn how to manage, how to, how to actually thrive through all this uncertainty, this economic chaos, higher interest rates, higher inflation, uncertainty with the markets and all those kinds of things, you want to reduce market risk, you want to reduce taxes, you, all these different things, your personal bank will do that for you. And you can contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. I'm going to really encourage you to go to my website, too. You can learn more about what is your personal bank and how it works. It's a tremendous and powerful financial tool to enhance returns. And it's a tool that's been used by the wealthy banks, institutional investors for decades and decades. It's just not shared that commonly with the average American. And that's one of my goals in this show is to do exactly that. So I encourage you to go to my website, yourpersonalbank.com. Or you can call me at 866-268-4422. And yes, you will actually get to talk to me. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to cover some things about energy and inflation that's going to affect us going forward in the near future. Don't miss it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferrans. For more information, contact Ferrans at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. So we're going to discuss energy now. And again, I've discussed energy a lot because in terms of economics, industry-wise, there's nothing almost nothing that affects directly affects the economy and inflation more directly than energy prices. And the other thing about energy, and I've said this many, many times, higher energy prices affect or hurt the poor and the middle class the most. So therefore, if you're for higher energy prices, you are against poor people. That's full period. Stop. There is no other option there. And so When people are saying they want or in favor of higher fossil fuel energy prices, 
so that green energy can be more competitive. Again, you're against poor people, for starters. Secondly, my other issue is I'm not against green energy in general. What I'm against is getting forced down our throat. Again, my opinion, I'm a constitutionalist. Look, I, I don't see anywhere where the Constitution allows the president to shut down a private enterprise project like the Keystone Pipeline. Where does any president have the legal right, constitutional right to do that? I do, do not believe they do. I'm shocked that there hasn't been more pushback legally on that. But not only did Biden shut down the pipeline, Keystone Pipeline, he shot down nine or ten other pipelines on the same day. I had that question I stated earlier today. I had somebody ask me that question today who, admittedly, is someone who's not very political, not paying much attention, and asked why your energy price is higher, why is gas price is higher. And I said, it's really quite simple. When you shut down pipelines, you shut down supply. It's basic sl- supply and demand. It's economics 101. If you reduce supply, prices go up. He goes, that ma- yeah, that makes sense. It's that simple. It's not complicated. Also, I made that statement about any president having the right, and she agreed. And this is somebody who was an Obama supporter today, and I voted for him. My point is, I've stated this many times, the average American, we have more in common, regardless of who we vote for, who we support, where we fall into the ideological leanings or whatever. We have, in most cases, far more more in common than we do with the bureaucrats in Washington. They're our enemy to freedom, to living a secure, peaceful life, not each other. And I made that statement to her, and we, we found another point of agreement. So when we were, and again, we were discussing energy because she was very much in favor of green energy. And I said to her, look, I have no issue. I'm not negative to green energy. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. What I'm against is, again, a getting forced down our throat. She goes, I agree with that. Th- that's my point is allow the system allow the economic free enterprise system we have in place to freely operate and if and when certain green energy resources become more viable and in certain markets they will more than others when they become commercially viable then people will adopt them it's really that simple it's not that complicated okay and what's really aggravating is by cutting the supply I shared last week's show where the Biden administration apparently has shut down all oil and gas leases on the Arctic, the North Slope of, the, uh, of Alaska, millions and millions of acres. That's going to affect our gas prices directly in the short term. We get a lot of our natural, we get a lot of our natural gas and oil from, from Alaska. By shutting down that supply, you're going to further constrict supply. You're going to cause prices to go up. Basic supply and demand the last studies most i've seen read many studies that state we have over 100 year supply of known oil reserves in the united states right now we have over 200 years of national natural gas known reserves supply in the united states i don't know about you but i believe in the in the human human ingenuity if allowed the opportunity you give us a hundred years to develop a new technology, I believe we will accomplish that. And by the way, that's the known reserves. Guess what would happen in the meantime? Additional reserves would be found because of additional technology and whatever, right? My point is we have probably almost an unlimited uh, availability of resources of cheap, efficient energy. And if we just turned on that, we, we stopped cutting ourselves off at the knees, shooting ourselves in the foot, our economy would turn around in, in a matter of weeks, and there would be a lot more economic benefit for literally everyone. We could become energy independent. We, it, it's, an, it's a national security issue. We don't have to deal with wars with countries because we need their oil, any of that. I wish, I just wish our leaders would listen to some reason, common sense, and what the people want and what and do what's good for the people and the citizens. By the way, that's what a government's designed to do. Uh, Thomas Jefferson even said if it doesn't follow that, you should <laughs> there there's remedies to that. He just, he suggested, okay, not all of them good. The bottom line is real simple. The government is supposed to be for the benefit of the citizens. And when it's not, it's not doing its job. 
And most of our representatives are doing exactly that. They're not doing their job. We need to recognize that. They're, they're listening to their big money donors and those type of people, but not the American people that they're supposed to be representing. And we need to punish for that, them for that, particularly in the voting booth. If we threw out just about everybody that's in elected office right now and started over, we'd probably be better, be better off, frankly. You know, there just needs to be a, a, a movement of throw the bums out, if you know what I'm trying to say. We'll see what happens. But I, I got sidetracked, but this is kind of funny. Jennifer Granholm, I've picked on her a few times. And if you don't know who she is, she's our energy secretary. And she, if you listen to her at any time, it's, it's, she might as well be a robot that just says uh, electric cars, electric cars, electric cars. It's, it's annoying. And I've shared many times where she has significant financial uh, investment in EV companies and has benefited greatly from that. She still owns shares in these companies. She, she made something like $1.5 million last year selling, uh, selling EV shares when gas hit $5 a gallon in the country, for example. So she has, she has significant financial benefit uh, for the EV industry to succeed. Well, recently, this is funny. So she was taking a trip uh, through the so south, uh, apparently like in Georgia, going to Carolinas, Georgia, uh, a road trip trying to illustrate how, how great electric cars were for, for road trips. Well, things didn't go so well. In fact, they found they had a lot of problems on this road trip with these electric cars because, one, there wasn't enough charging stations. Or the when they found them, some of the chargers weren't working or they were full. They had to wait, whatever. Well, apparently in Georgia, there was a spot uh, they were, some of her staff was driving. They were, by the way, they were being escorted by gas-powered cars because, guess what? Can't trust the electric cars to go on a road trip, right? Anyway, the bottom blind, apparently it was a really hot day, and they parked a gas-powered car in front of a charger. I was the only one that was open, so when she got, the energy secretary got there, she would have a spot to charge. Well, charge her car. Well, apparently the people that were waiting in line got pissed, called the cops, and uh, you know said this is ridiculous. Well, obviously, it's a, it was, this was a big PR trip that went horribly wrong, and it's kind of funny how it happened. You know, So these things need to be addressed, these fixed. You know, electric cars can be a great second vehicle maybe for people who live in the city uh, who go take short trips or just for like a commuter car or something like that. But when you get in outside of short trips and stuff like that, it's just not a good fit. And also, like even this article says, the cost of our electric cars, they cost more. The cost of electricity is the same or more than fuel. So they're not efficient effectively. And of course, they actually emit more greenhouse gas and all that kind of stuff in the production of them than a gas power car does in its lifetime. So they're not green or energy efficient in any way, shape, or form. The other thing is the red tape is holding dozens of key energy projects. Like I said, not only the, uh, I was talking about the Alaska ones, but apparently there's dozens of projects that's getting held up all around the country. Again, the Biden administration is, is fighting and fighting and fighting to reduce supply. All that's going to do is increase energy prices across the board, and I've stated that many times, what that's going to do to our economy. It's bad news. Interesting or positive, there's some people fighting back. There's a Nobel Prize laureate, uh, John Clauser, who's been challenging the prevailing climate models because he said they've, they're ignoring key variables, they're not right, and he's got something like 1,500 scientists around the world. And these are Nobel Prize, these are some really smart people that are signed on to this challenge the client, uh, the climate uh, agenda that the science is not accurate. It's not, it's not what they're trying to sell, tell us. And, and I saw some of this, and I thought this was really kind of cool. The last thing I'm going to leave you on, and I remember some of these, but this is going, it kind of goes through all the different climate emergencies or, or, or predictions that we've heard. Like in 1970, we were told the world would use up all its natural resources by 2000. Uh, we'd be wearing gas masks by 1985. Nitrogen buildup would make all land unusable. This and and uh, decaying decaying pollution will kill all the fish and they're killer bees and there'd be an ice age by 2000 and uh, America would be subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. These were all predictions in 1970. Of course, none of them came true. In 71, they were telling us about new ice ages coming in 2020 or 2030 
oil to be depleted in 20 years. I stated earlier, we, we found right now we have something like a 100-year supply of known reserves. Uh, they didn't know about as much back then. There's more technology. It goes on and on and on. I mean, almost every year there's new um, climate emergency, catastrophic predictions, and this is, and none of them have ever come true, which goes to show you it's not based on science. Alarm, they're being alarmists. It's like it, it, it's a religion to many of these people because the reality is they're going to benefit somehow. Jennifer Granholm, I say, stated this earlier, our, our energy secretary is benefiting financially greatly as a result. She has no business being an energy secretary. She should be working for an e, working with an EV company. I have no issue with she was doing that. I have an issue of her supposedly representing us. She's not. That's my issue. And again, stop forcing it down our throats. It's that simple. I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned to your personal bank show. If you want to want me to help you and assist you, give you some guidance or some direction, you want to be able to thrive through this economic challenges that I believe I believe is going to get worse before it gets better. And it could get a lot worse still. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen. A lot of it's going to depend on what happens in this next election cycle and the agenda and policies that, that go through after that point. The reality is I think the next year or two is going to be rough, probably going to get rougher. How do you weather that? How do you thrive through that? I can show you. Your personal bank can help you do that. I encourage you to contact me. As always, stay tuned to the Your Personal Bank show. And as long as it's still on our money, in God we trust. Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank show for more information. Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.